I shouldn't be who I am right now. But I am. It didn't just happen to me. It didn't I didn't just become this person that I am today by accident or with ease. I used to be of a piece of shit <laughs> to put it bluntly. But I I also wasn't. I had a good heart. I just was misguided. And like so many people, I grew up in an area in my world, in my reality tunnel, that all of the things that I was exposed to, all of the elements of the human experience that came into my purview were limited, constrained, augmented, edited to fit the narrative of the collective area, the collective community in which I was a part of and where I grew up. I had to fight to get to where I am now. And I'm not saying that I'm at some great place or, you know, that I've achieved any kind of enlightenment or anything like that. It's not about that. It's about opening up your heart. It's about allowing yourself to surrender to what you think you know. To ask questions. To be curious. To listen to the voice inside your head, inside your heart, inside your soul that's talking to you. To listen to your body that's talking to you, that's trying to communicate something to you, some ki- something that's going on, some kind of pain, some kind of trauma, some kind of thoughts, feelings, whatever they are. They're not weird. They're not crazy. You're not weird. You're not crazy. You're not different or, you know, an outcast or not. Or sometimes people think, oh, other people couldn't possibly understand what I'm going through. No, we do. We do. You'd be surprised. But it takes courage. Terrence McKenna used to say, nature loves courage. And I saw this great quote the other day on Instagram. It said, we're not defending nature. We are nature, and we're defending ourselves. I just love that. Because we have, as human beings, developed this superiority complex where we think we are above nature. We think that we can dominate it, control it, contain it, understand it. Rupert Sheldrake says, we, we think, you know, this, the world of scientism and its dogma tends to think that we have 99% of everything figured out. And we're just looking for that little tiny 1%. Yeah, we pretty much know everything. And you hear a lot of people say that today. You know, they'll say, oh, science. Oh, it's science. And in a way, science becomes the new religion of the land and falls into the own, its own trappings of the prison of its belief system and its dogmas and its propaganda system. 
to live up to the the set status quo, not to disturb the new, you know, not to disturb the order, not to allow the new to emerge. But that's not the way that nature acts. Nature destroys the old and makes something new. And there's no, you know, remorse or feelings or it's just that's life. Chaotic, creative destruction and order, simultaneously existing at the same time, constantly balancing itself out. And so for me, where I am now in my life, I had to fight to get here. I had to struggle. I had to, I'm still struggling. We all do on this journey of life. But I, I, the kind of person that you might see me as by listening to this show or following me on, on social media or whatever, the kind of things that I talk about, I wasn't living my life true to myself. And it's hard. It's hard. Like I said, you grow up in a community. The community has a certain kind of set of values and norms and societal beliefs and the culture pumps out all these things that we should value and that we should want. And it's like a barrage, like a never-ending tidal wave and tsunami of like, buy this, look like this, be like this. Don't be yourself. Be something else. Be this thing. Be that thing. You know, a man is the kind of guy, is the kind of person that is tough and, and you know, rough and doesn't uh, respect women and, you know, um, constantly, you know, jokes about things and, and never gets deep or serious about anything and doesn't open up his emotions and doesn't cry and, <laughs> you know, they don't want you to know that that's okay. But who the fuck are they? They don't know what's good for you, your inner world, your thoughts, your feelings, your desires, your unique thoughts, feelings, and desires. Unique in the sense that there never has been or never will be anybody like you ever in the history of all time. In this moment right now, you are you. But we don't, we don't value that. Everyone's being made to fit into a mold, to be controlled until you grow old, and then you're useless. And then you're dead. And then what did you do? And ever since I was born, I always had this thing deep inside of me calling to me, but I didn't know what it was. So I hid it, covered it up, filled my life with distractions, conformed to the group, did what I thought was cool, really wanted, desperately wanted to be cool, to be popular, to be liked. I was a bully, I was a maniac, I was filled with rage, immense rage, anger, frustration, confusion, 
I lied, I cheated, I steal, I stole, I, I, I treated people not well, but that wasn't really me. That was all of these layers that I, that I had borrowed from the culture, that I had borrowed from society, that I had borrowed from my surroundings, that I had, as a teenager, tremendous peer pressure and influence to conform. You don't want to be an outsider. Biologically, we're built that way. We don't want to be different from the tribe. Because if we are, that, you know, back in tribal days and hunter-gatherer times, that meant, that meant you're excommunicated, you're ostracized from the community, you're, you're sent to the woods. And that meant certain death. So human beings have this natural, built-in desire to conform not to be an outcast, not to be singled out, pointed out. We don't want anybody looking at us and judging us and shaming us and guilting us. And we walk around and we carry all of this weight and we put all these layers of clothing on and we suffocate ourselves in the confinement of our own prison of conformity. And for what? It isn't until later, if you're lucky, little things start to emerge. Whatever happens, happens. I don't know how it happens. There was something inside of me. It was calling. I decided to listen. Opportunities came into my life. I decided to take a chance. I decided to take a risk. I decided to go. I remember one particular instance. I I bought a last-minute ticket to go to Coachella in 2012. And it was at that music festival that I had a very profound psychedelic experience on LSD. Very profound. And, and that changed things. Now, I don't know what the circumstances are that led up to that event. I mean, you could talk about the butterfly effect or whatever, these kinds of things that go on and on. But, you know, if this didn't happen, then this didn't happen. But whatever, if you keep pushing your inner will into the universe, your inner listening, paying attention, quieting, spending some time alone, quieting the mind, quieting the body, listening to yourself, really investigating yourself. Be a detective about yourself, and you will not suffer. You will, you will escape from suffering, I promise you, if you do the work. And it's fun. It's not all work. But that's the thrill. That's the thrill of it. This journey, this mystery, this adventure, this investigation just like any game, like any good show, movie, book, we don't know what's going to happen, but we hope it's cool. We hope it's good. We hope the ride is thrilling so that when it ends, we go, fuck, I want to, man, that was awesome. I want to do that again. So if you're feeling like you're going through some pain, like you're suffering, like you feel that maybe there's something inside of you that hasn't really blossomed yet or hasn't really bloomed, but you know it's there. Maybe you don't know it's there, but maybe you can find it. But if you're working the wrong job, in the wrong relationship, if you're lost, confused, if whatever it is, there's a way out. It's there. It's not all about taking psychedelics or, you know, 
meditating in an ashram for years on end and following gurus and all this kind of stuff. It's just about paying attention to who you are and investigating yourself, spending some time with yourself, listening to your body, listening to your thoughts, listening to your heart, listening to your soul. And when you start to do that, you're going to turn your frequency to another level. You're going to turn the radio station to a different channel. And there's, there's great people there. There's people there that want to help you. They're calling you forward. They want you to join. We want you to join. Well, that's my little intro spiel for the day, pretending that I'm, uh, <laughs> I don't know, Ram Dass or something. But um, we're all just pretending in some way. We're all just inspired by somebody else, some other work, something that came before us. We look at it, we'll rework it, we'll be influenced by it, we'll share it, we'll spread it in whatever capacity you can. We don't have to be these, you know, one-of-a-kind, unique, nobody-ever-thought-of-it thinkers. Just pass the baton if you believe that the relay race is worth running. Well, I'm not going to say any more because today's guest is fucking amazing. Quantum Kitty is the guest today. I, I found her on Instagram. She's got a YouTube channel. She's got an Etsy store. She's an artist. She's from New Jersey um, where uh, we talked about that a little bit as uh, I lived in New York for a long time. She's right across the river. And She's on a mission. She is on a mission to expand higher consciousness, unity, compassion, peace, love, respect. She is a digital artist and a painter. She's interested in all sorts of things, and her YouTube videos are awesome. She has such a diverse array of, of topics, ideas, guests that she talks to. Every, everything on there is just fantastic. She's interested in the occult, shamanism, nature, fractal geometry. Um, she's, an, like I mentioned, an artist. And yeah, and she's a wisdom dropper. <laughs> she's a third eye wisdom dropper. And um, I really, really, uh, I'm just happy that I got a chance to speak with her. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this podcast. I'm not really going to say anything else more other than you know what to do if you love this show. Like it, share it, subscribe, spread the message, spread the show, um, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to go to Patreon and support the show that way, you can donate as little as a dollar a month. It's, it's patreon.com slash Mike Brank, B-R-A-N-C. And when you donate to Patreon, you can become a part of the Mycadelic Inner Sanctum WhatsApp chat group where we share all kinds of interesting stories, trip reports, and just communicate with each other. And it's filled with people, beautiful people from all around the world. I love all of you beautiful people. Uh, all around the world who are in that chat group. So thank you so much for being a part of that. Follow Mikeadelic on Instagram, Mike at Mikeadelic underscore podcast. I am putting out 
more content. I'm doing interesting things. I feel like Instagram is kind of the place to be to share stuff. Um, so check out mikeadelic underscore podcast on Instagram. I'm creating audio clips, videos, um, quotes, memes, just having all kinds of fun on there. And it's an extension of this show. So find me on Instagram at mikeadelic underscore podcast. That's it. Quantum Kitty, light up the universe. Let's do this. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Or is it perception? Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. diligence in finding the others and i was searching on instagram and youtube i think i came by i I think i came across you from instagram so i was just kind of like searching trying to find other people out there that were creating doing cool stuff and i saw your instagram page and i was like i was intrigued i think first probably by the artwork it just kind of stood stood out so do you you design all that you create all that stuff yeah awesome Um, everything is inspired by either a psychedelic trip or um, a hypnagogic hallucination or a lucid dream or an astral projection. Wow. And so you've you've experienced all that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> can, can you explain what a hypnagogic hallucination is? Okay. So that is the pre-sleep stage. Uh, that's kind of when you go into no thought and you're just like zenned out and it's like and then you just fall into sleep well if you are conscious while you're falling asleep if you hold on to awareness you can start to see visuals and sometimes um, hear things auditory things oh wow okay so if you're about to fall asleep but you kind of resist it yeah, it, yeah, it's kind of like holding on to awareness as you're slipping into the sleep, the sleep state or the hypnagogic state. Oh, interesting. Okay, I've never, I've never experienced that before. Maybe I should give that a shot. Is that something that anyone can try and do? Yeah, everyone actually. Everyone can do this. This is the great part. Um, I've been meditating since, uh, since right before I was taking psychedelics and around 2012 to 2011, but um, I didn't really get into it until after my first DMT trip. And then for some reason, I could just um, stay aware in those sleep states. Or sometimes like I'll find myself thinking 
in a lucid dream and mm. grabbing information, learning how to maneuver the dream little by little, like it, it takes a lot of work. And um, for me, meditation helps. Yeah. Did, is is that meditation? That's what I do. Oh, I think you might have just cut out a little bit there. Um, sorry about that. Uh, you said meditation helps. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I do a daily sleep meditation. Yeah, yeah. so meditation helps. And then uh, DMT, after you had a DMT experience, that kind of, do you think that that like sort of made it easier to open that door and ac and access that point? I definitely do. I, I, I mean, for me, at least it helped um, open something up. Uh, but I was on a spiritual journey for a while. <laughs> um, and it was a slow, uh, progressive um, experience that unfolded. Um, and it's actually really funny. Um, before I actually did DMT, I started having these experiences uh, in my sleep state. And um, once, I, once I actually started doing DMT, it almost felt like it just uncovered things that humans can do naturally, like you become more telepathic, you become more empathetic, you, you feel, you feel a lot more. So that's the first thing that had awakened within me. Uh, I started feeling from my heart chakra and I felt this energy just almost like vibrating with the universe. Like I felt people's, um, suffering pain that's why it was really hard for me to live in manhattan <laughs> i hear you um, yeah that's why i moved out west yeah yeah it was really 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 difficult because i would just cry for everyone and i wasn't being very aware that i didn't have to into that you know um i just felt like i had to feel all of this emotion and it was really difficult <laughs> right but, um it just it taught me a lot yeah, it can definitely do that. I think a lot of uh, people maybe have a misconception that like if you're on a spiritual path or you start, uh, you know, having psychedelic experiences that it's all just going to be kind of bliss and joy and you're just going to ride on a rainbow to, you know, uh, some unicorn heaven paradise. But there's challenges that come along the way and that's kind of the point, right? It's like, try, like uh, the more that you expand your consciousness like out into your body and into the world and like become fully alive, the deeper you can go or the you know the deeper that like well um gets for the capacity to go the the other way too right yeah absolutely um i discovered that like i was just very in tuned uh with emotions and i could feel all emotions so i took i would say um it was 2013 to now uh yeah 6 years of pretty much being uh, very alone and only when I started doing my YouTube channel and the stuff on Instagram did I find myself having to, like you said, reach out to the others um, because you do feel that you have something to offer and um, something to share. So, yeah, I, I've been seeing all these memes about um, being hermits and, and all of that stuff. Um, and that was my, my path for a long time, but, uh, now I find connecting with people, um, and making new things for the world is really important.
Yeah. Yeah. So t- take me through this uh, spiritual path. Like you, you mentioned that I think this started around uh, 2011 or 12, something like that. And so I guess like walk me through your life and like, and like what led you to sort of get on this path and sort of how you discovered these, these things. Uh, well, my first, um, near death experience was in 2012. I was right in the middle of a massive hurricane that blew away everything that I owned. Oh, wow. Almost to, yeah, Sandy, I was right. Uh, I remember the that. Center of it. Yeah, yeah, I was there yes. too. And they didn't evacuate us, and we were in a high risk area. Like we were in a flood zone, and we just thought it was okay because nobody came and evacuated us. And I literally had to grab my whole entire family, throw them in a car as the sea level was rising by the second, uh, and we lost everything pretty much. And after that experience, you no know, detaching from. Um, everything so drastically really made me um, pause for a second. And then I got into music and dance music, techno, um, music in general. And I just vibed so much. And I was in the scene, um, experimented with mushrooms and MDMA very early on, um, like around 2011. But I really didn't get too into, I would say, my spiritual journey until, I'd say, 2013, 2014. I spent a lot of time alone, isolated because of severe depression. I was just so unhappy, and I wanted it to stop. <laughs> I wanted to stop, and I tried meditating, uh, and I tried all of these self-help books, and and like I just... I, I tried I tried everything and I was at my wit's end and I actually heard a Joe Rogan podcast about DMT and I got really into it for some reason and I started researching and going to um, different conferences and I met some people there and I just so happened to find DMT uh, and I waited on it for a while and then for about I'd say all of 2004 I was researching. Uh, I was researching a lot of psychedelics for the first time. I didn't start really doing psychedelics until I was like 26. Right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, it wasn't around really. It wasn't available. I didn't really know people that did psychedelics until I went to art school. But then again, I was just like trying to get in and out. I wasn't really trying to like make friends or anything. Mm. Um, but because like I just you know wanted to finish school, um, but yeah, it it started in 2015. Once I had done DMT and had all these experiences, I then decided to go to India. And when I went to India, I had this life changing experience. Again, I had a few new experiences there. I came back and um, researched again. Had a few ego deaths. <laughs> and my life's never been the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that yeah, that'll that'll definitely do it for you. Um 
What what brought the the depression on? I, I'm wondering. Like, I mean, I, I for me, I, I have personal experience. I've struggled with with that like my whole life, and now it's it's not so much anymore. It's very very limited. I've I've learned how to kind of like minimize it and and incorporate practices in my life that uh, you know prevent me from sort of getting sucked into that hole. But man, like when I was in there, like it was just like it was just this void of nothingness and numbness and just awfulness and I kind of didn't really know why and then until I started really just diving deeper into myself and and exploring with psychedelics and traveling and just getting outside of my comfort zone and stuff what was it for you I, I had a very difficult childhood I was very different from everybody else in my family and I always felt like an outsider um, my family life was really chaotic. Uh, from a very early age, I had to be on my own. And I lived on my own. I had to stand up for myself. I had to kind of like be the person that's just like, I can't be in this toxic family. The way we communicate with one another, like it, it, there was a lot of mental illness as well. Mm. Um, that both of my parents um, dealt with a lot of trauma. Um, past trauma that they both dealt with. Um, and like that, that's the cards that I was dealt, you know? So ever since I was a child, I remember wanting to just die. Like I remember at eight years old being depressed and trying to commit suicide for the first time. And that was something within my life that I always felt like I just didn't want to be here. I didn't have a purpose. Very like mentally traumatized by like my parents that were equally as traumatized as me. And what happened was once I started taking ayahuasca and acid and DMT and mushrooms and all these things, I had to confront that trauma and yeah. I had to make peace with it and heal that, like heal a lot within myself. and. For the first time in my life, I remember with DMT specifically, I had to love myself, you know, and like all of this learned behavior that was passed down, I had to just remove like this program. It was this self-destructive programming and like I have a video about that, which I probably look crazy, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was something that was so necessary because I was just dropping all of the sadness and like, it's still there. Like, listen, I, I'm not like, you know, the happiest person in the world, but I know I'm okay. And I know that I will never, ever, ever be able to feel that depression and suicidal, you know, um, thoughts and all of those things, because like, that was the Samina before I learned uh, how to, like you said, cope. Uh, how to channel your sadness and your loneliness and your fear through your art, um, through giving, through sharing. Um, that gives me a lot of love now. Um, I don't know, like everything changed once I started just being okay with myself. I met my partner <laughs> after it was so synchronistic um, after a major 
acid experience where I died and I just felt all this unconditional love. Um, and it's just been something that's been part of my life um, ever since then. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, you know, sometimes we have to go through, you know, tough moments. So, you know, we can sort of rise to the occasion and, and like you said, confront that fear and those challenges. And in a way, it's like by going into these realms and by investigating your inner world, you're not only helping yourself, but you're sort of like doing this like cosmic, psychic, ancestral surgery and trying to like manipulate these energetic fields so that you can tune your human instrument to the right frequency and then start vibrating it at a level that, you know, that you feel good at, you know, that you feel like, wow, I like I'm loved and I love myself and, you know, love is everywhere if I choose to reach after it and, and go after it. And, you know, I, I know it's kind of cliche when people talk about like psychedelics and stuff and then just say like, oh, everything is one and it's all love. But, you know, it, it kind of, it kind of is if you, if you want to pursue that path, uh, you know, unless you want to be some kind of like dark sorceress wizard that wants to enslave people, you know, that's another path that you can pursue. But, you know, most of the people that are experimenting that, with this stuff are really seeking that kind of, of healing. So, yeah, it's good work. Yeah, um, that's basically it in a nutshell. <laughs> it is um, deep healing for yourself for your ancestors, for those before you, all in that one moment. And it is very cosmic. And you do feel it. And I, I feel like we're all saying the same thing because we all know it's not just love. We all know that we find ourselves in the darkest, deepest recesses of the mind. And you can either be destroyed by it or you can control your mind, you can gain control of yourself, um, not only for yourself, but for those around you. Yeah, which is important, you know, because that kind of shapes your world too, you know, how you're feeling on the inside and then is that, you know, reflected on the outside. And you mentioned it's just like this being okay with yourself, right? And I feel like oftentimes in this world that we live in, we're we're sort of existing in this current like paradigm of of fear right now and and a lot of other things divisiveness and you know it's like the message from you know sort of like the mainstream message is like don't be yourself like be someone else you know you're not good enough and that's you know that couldn't be further from the truth i get bombarded by instagram sponsored ads all the time <laughs> um, and i just i find it really interesting that not only do we live in fear but we live in just lack always wanting always wanting more uh nothing's really good enough and that stems from a society that again, doesn't love themselves <laughs> is very traumatized uh, and has a lot to evolve from, really. Yeah, I definitely think that, um, you know, if we apply the lessons that we um, learn from an individual level onto more of a massive, collective, unified level, that we could really sort of, you know, make an attempt to 
heal that like societal trauma in a way. I mean, it might, it's going to take some time, but really it's the practice of all of us individuals who are sort of like waking up to the idea that like, oh, okay, like this isn't the only way, like there's a choice and we can go further. And like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, like tap into sort of, you know, tap into these like, powers that we all naturally have that have been like dormant or suppressed. Um, you mentioned a couple things. So we talked about the hypnagogic um, uh, visions, right? Is that is that what it or hallucinations, as you put it? And then there was uh, lucid dreaming, and then you mentioned a couple other things. What were those again? Well, here's the thing: lucid dreaming and astral projection to me, and remote viewing are all one and the same. They're just different perspectives of a situation, of um, a simulation, basically, which is your mind uh, in dream space. So you're basically, or for me, I view it as me accessing my subconscious and learning from it in perspectives. So you can learn from your hypnagogic hallucinations, uh, which can come in meditation. So do a daily sleep meditation where I guide myself into a sleep state and I'll stay there as long as I can before completely losing consciousness. And sometimes I can stay there for quite some time and you have the most amazing visions or like yesterday, the most terrifying visions. Um, so much so where like, I couldn't go back to sleep because I was really scared, but I kept on telling myself just like work through the fear. The fear is stopping you. You know, you just have to remind yourself, um, not to be scared of certain things that you see. I don't know whether I was tuned into a lower frequency because of the stuff I was watching. But I like to think that I'm like really tuned into a pretty high frequency uh, most of the time, but I still tuned into something that was absolutely terrifying. Mm, yeah. And the thing is, like, I, I, I woke up from it and I was trying to tell my partner and I just didn't have any words because whatever words to describe it would look like it would sound absolutely ridiculous, but it's like nightmarish, ghoulish, if not like demon-esque <laughs> yeah you mentioned um you were it might have been because of things that you were watching and that's something that i've been thinking about for a while and i've sort of tried to limit like what i take in you know because i do believe that it's just you know just like food like we're nourishing our body we're getting nutrients from food yeah you know, i think the same thing applies to the mind you know like what you watch and what you're i remember i had this class in college where we were talking about like people who watch like the average person watches like 40 hours of television a week and you know if like studies show that if you watch like all you watch is like law and order svu and csi and all these like crime dramas that it shapes your perception of the world that you all of a sudden start seeing that more in the world because your mind is like conditioned to believe that like the world l looks like this so what like i mean would what do you think about that? And like, what, what were some of the things that you were watching? I, I was definitely watching the true crime stuff. <laughs> I, I just, I, sometimes I like to just veg out like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, sometimes my mind is very exhausted from being in meditation or taking it too seriously or going very far, you know, like sometimes you need to just scale it back and like not do anything spiritual. 
<laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was watching some like true crime stuff and it was like uh, reenactments of like real events. And I'm pretty sure that's what I had tapped into. Maybe it looks like a monster and all monsters are within us. <laughs> um, so it, it yeah, I, I definitely feel that what you watch and what you put, what you put your attention to, you know, for me, manifestation, it's been an interesting thing. Like I, I, I do have to be very careful with what I put my attention to because um, certain things can come into my life. And when you are able to manifest, you could manifest good and you could manifest bad <laughs> or difficult, not bad, but like difficult situations. Um, so yeah, but then again, for me at least, you can always transmute those difficult situations um, and learn. Again, everything is learning. <laughs> yeah, totally. Do do you have certain kind of like routine or a practice that you put into place if you have experienced a difficult situation you're like, "All right, tomorrow I got to, you know, write this in a journal or I got to like, you know, meditate for an hour or go for a run or is there any kind of like practice that you put into place to to deal with that?" Uh, yeah, I do actually because I am alone a lot. Um, that's something that I've had to put into like a, like make a skill or a practice because again, like being alone all the time and, and knowing thyself and, and also having like sadness to deal with and, and trauma, like you do have to set a, a schedule for yourself. Um, for me, I wake up, I always meditate in the morning and I also like, again, I do the same routine that I do at night. I do in the morning. So I will start with a sleep meditation and I will end with a sleep meditation. So I'll do that for at least an hour back to back. So I'll do that first thing in the morning and I'll wake up. I like to eat really good foods. I like to take my dog on walks. I like to create. Um, I like to keep my mind busy. You know what I mean? When you're in creation, it's kind of like meditation. Mm -hmm. For me. Yeah. If you can get into like a flow state where you're really in the zone. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Whether that be, you know, like making podcasts and like editing and that's very meditative, like I find, or drawing or um, I created a dream journal. I don't use it as often as I should, <laughs> but I do have one and it helps to keep that by your bedside at least for me and the work that, you know, I'm doing, um, I like to do a lot of my work in my sleep state. Um, but in order to do my sleep work, I have to do my meditative work. So like it kind of works in hand in hand. It's like in the daytime, you're doing your meditation in the nighttime, you're doing your lucid dreaming. Uh, and I can find, I, at least I find that for me, I can access deep shamanic states uh in the astral world and 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 when you're accessing those states and is there like an intention that you set beforehand or is it just kind of like okay we're well, i'm accessing this state and i'm going to sort of try and just like navigate and swim with the current here and just see what's going on or is there kind of like a a purpose or a goal set like beforehand in, in terms of like what to explore when you're in that state well, great question. <laughs> I have to like it's 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 all in my head. 
but it's so hard to communicate <laughs> because <laughs> I do it all the time and I don't even think about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, um, what I do is I always in the nighttime, I create an intention. I connect with my ancestors, my higher self. Sometimes I just go with it and I don't really have anything pinpointed, but intense lucid dream. I wake up and I know, okay, Samina, you have to explore that a little bit more about yourself. There's something in here in your mind that you have to explore. And then I will go and I will work, you know, you can work with your, your ancestors you can work with your higher self, uh, your spirit guides, whatever. Um, and then go in and attempt to again work like it doesn't I don't feel like I have so much control over my dream state I don't want to like come across as somebody that's like completely mastered their dream state because there's so much more I can learn yeah, I, I don't know if there I don't know if there is anyone that ha is like a master and then I would also kind of be weary to like hear from someone who proclaims himself as a master. So I think, you know, on this, in this mysterious process, we're all kind of learning as we go. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's the beauty of it. And like, that's, that's what I want everybody to know is it's not just one person experiencing this. Uh, nobody's special. <laughs> oh man. We're all doing this together and we're all, um, having the same experiences or very similar experiences. And that's what made me want to start my channel and connect with people that were also having uh, these experiences because I didn't feel like I could finally relate. And then we could, you know, take notes on things and then encourage each other to have um, less fear in accessing these states of consciousness or altered states of consciousness because for some reason there's a lot of fear um going into the mind and going into the dream space i've actually heard people in the comment section telling me that lucid dreaming is the devil's work <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i so think i, I mean you, you you get that a lot you know i mean especially like there's there's people that you know and i and indigenous, you know, populations that have been using, you know, psychoactive plants and things like that, you know, healing medicines for, for, for a long time, um, you know, and then w the sort of like white Western dominator sort of culture that has come in and tried to convert people to Catholicism and that sort of stuff. And, you know, that in order to sort of make their idea be the one, they have to demonize the other one and say it's like devil worship and voodoo stuff. And, you know, um, so you, you, I definitely see that, you know, a lot. And, and I think that, you know, there is some truth to that too. Like there are some people out there that, that use, you know, these altered states to try, you know, with like malevolent intentions, you know, so it's like, it's not like it's necessarily inherently um, good or bad, but it can, just like anything, you know, you can abuse it, you can use it for wrong reasons, you know, so I, I, I've definitely, I've definitely seen that kind of stuff out there, people's, people's opinions upon that. It's basically, you can use this, this infinite self-power to help or for your own personal gain and to manipulate and control. And it's all about the consciousness that is using that experience. So um, I get it. I, I get why people are so fearful, but 
um, there's so much to learn about oneself. And I think that's why I keep on going is it's just the more I learn about me, the more I love me, the more kind I am, you know, like I've I've never been happier in my life. Yeah, it's a good it's a good feeling, right? I mean, especially when you're in the bowels of depression and you're like, oh, there's just no way out. The walls are closing in and everything's terrible. But then to find the place where you're like, oh, oh, yeah, like like with me, it was like, you know, it wasn't like I became a different person, but I allowed the person that has always been there to emerge again. And in a way, it was like connecting with my younger self, like my sort of younger, more pure self before, you know, everything just starts getting piled on top of you, you know, family trauma and, you know, uh, just societal issues and things, culture and stuff like that. And just gets like thrown on top of you. And then you have to kind of, you know, it's like walking around with like 20 layers of clothing on and you're like, oh, this is difficult. I can't move. And then you start, you're like, oh, wait, I could take these off. And then you start taking them off and you're like, all right, well, now I got to fold them and put them away. And, you know, (laughs) you still have them, but at least they're like neatly organized. You know where they are, you know? Um, Yeah. So yeah, let's, let's talk about, um, like I'm learning a lot right now. So like, and I'm, I'm learning about you, but I also feel like I'm learning about myself in this conversation. So it's like, you know, it's this experience that we're creating and people out there that are creating content like you are. And it's like, you know, the whole process, the whole thing here is like to, to learn, to explore, to create, to share, to collaborate and to connect and, you know, to have some kind of community here of like-minded people that are, that they get it. You know, that when we look at each other, we could say, I know, you know, I know. Okay, cool. Like now let's, let's, let's discuss what you, when did you start your channel? I started my channel in 2016. Okay. And then you started, uh, doing, I think you started doing some videos. Uh, I saw that of just you kind of like talking about some experiences or some topics that you want to talk about. And then you also have guests come on and, and interview them. What are some things that you've really learned in this journey of creating Quantum Kitty channel and, and interviewing the people that you've interviewed? What are like, I don't know, maybe if you can think of like three different sort of big moments for you or, or some guests that you had on that were like, wow, that was really mind blowing or that really kind of changed the way I I thought about something. Oh, wow. I've had many guests, um, that, well, they're all my friends. Um, they're all people that we just vibe and loved each other's work. Um, and we support one another. And it was a really hard process to begin with. When I first started, nobody took me seriously. (laughs) Why not? Because I was a crazy girl on the internet having a complete breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can relate. Yeah. Yeah, I know. People look at you like you're crazy, right? Like they look at you like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you're sort of like quote unquote normal friends. And they're like, what, what are you saying? What is this stuff that you're talking about? But then eventually, right, you kind of, you find the people that, that you vibe with. Yeah. So the first one I would have to say, Misha Lee. Misha Lee, she's amazing. Amazing. That was such a healing podcast. Like that was we both healed and we both vibed so hard and just her unconditional love. Like she she just she vibes so this this it's just so beautiful and it's just so motherly. You know, like just this she's so tapped into her divine feminine. Um another one would be uh 
peels and hamburgers. That, that was another one where we were just like, my last three podcasts that I've done, all three of them, it's just like we learned so much about one another in that moment and we're healing so much. Um, and we're just showing each other unconditional love. Like, I love you, man. Like, that's the vibe every single time. I always try to, you know, pick guests that I know have that vibe. And the last interview with Kenzu Kiku um, that I did was amazing. He helped me so much within that podcast. And I'm so excited to share it with you guys because he comes from uh, a magical perspective and like he's done DMT like 130 plus times. Like he's very, very aware of like being in that space. And he just shifted my perspective and was like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm like, how are you so fearless? And he was like, well, I'm already dead. And I'm like, oh, Oh, that just makes everything easier. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What, what is, and that, like, yeah, I'm sorry. What, what was your question? Oh, no, I was just saying, like, that's such like, um, like, I, I, I get, I feel like I get what you're saying when you say, like, I'm already dead. And then you're like, yeah, it makes things so much easier. But I was wondering what, like, what is that? Can you articulate that more? Like, what does that mean to you? Like, what is that? What is that? How does that hit you okay. with like a level of realization that it's like, you know, oh, okay, like that makes that makes sense. Like, how, how can you explain that? All right. So for me, and for a lot of people I find that are exploring themselves, there is a place where you just stop and you're scared, like really heavy trips. And like that, the moment where you're just like, do this, this is too scary. Yeah. You know, you have this piece that's self-limiting and it stops you. It stops you from exploring more because you are attached. You're attached to your human self. You're attached to the experience, to the illusions. You're attached to people and things in your life, and you just don't want to get too out there. Right, yeah. And, yeah, I think that's that's what I'm talking about. Like, at least for the work I do, I, you know, I'm I'm trying to get out there every day. You know, I, I'm trying to not limit myself to just my human experience. Because if I did, I couldn't do my arts. I couldn't, you know, do my meditations. I couldn't do the lucid dreaming before. And, and I'll try to explain this even more. Uh, when I first started having the hypnagogic hallucinations, I was terrified. I was scared of them. Mm. I thought something was wrong with me. I thought they were evil. You know. Um, what you're taught from your family, uh, your just conditioned ideas of what lucid dreaming and, and, and meditation and, and yoga and all of these practices. Like, I don't know what type of background you come from, but my background is all the Abrahamic religions. We have Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And everybody would always tell me, oh, don't, don't meditate. Like, you'll lose your mind. You know, and like people in my family had experiences that I had. So there was always this fear attached to it. And I, when it first started being activated and um, I first started being able to use the third eye, I honestly thought that like something evil was happening to me or, or something scary was happening to me. And because of that, 
I closed it back up and I didn't want to have the experience. So I actually had to do DMT again to reopen it. And the last time I reopened it, I'm like, all right, now I'm not going to be afraid anymore. Now I'm not going to limit myself because of fear and I'm going to explore. So that's what I mean by once you feel like you, you've died, um, it's easy to explore the psychedelic realm. You're not afraid of going to out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, you're like, oh, okay. Like, this is all that can happen to me. <laughs> okay, fine. That's that's cool. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, it's just it's it. You can't really put it into words. Like the understanding of the fact that you know death is not the end. That you know what I mean. It's 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 hard for I think nor like certain people to understand that it's something it's really something that you just have to kind of experience you know and i think that's that's really the thing here you know i think a lot of people you know we could talk like intelligently and academically about psychedelics and that space and like you know how you can come to that you know understanding but really you you don't know it until you've you've emotionally and like soulfully like embodied that understanding on like every cell of your body and then you're like oh, okay like i i get it now yeah yeah. Yeah. And like, for me, at least to describe the transcendental experience, it's so difficult because you're not thinking words, especially in the astral realm. Like there are no words. This is what, um, uh, again, Kenzie Kiki and I were talking about in the astral world, it's all feeling and visual. Mm. So we don't have language there. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, to describe something that's very feeling based, how can you? <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. And, or like we don't we haven't like developed like the uh, the language yet to communicate that. And it might not look like language that we're you know using making small mouth noises that are coming out of our face. But it's like, you know, maybe it's a different kind of language. And for sure, like when I look at your art. When I'm looking at this like beautiful, you know, mushroom art that I'm seeing here, it's like that, like I get, I, I, there's something that's there. It feels like you've taken something from that realm and brought it back and said, look at this and you'll know. And it's like, there's something there that resonates, that connects, that communicates in a way that transcends language. That's why I love art. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I, I love, I absolutely love it. I mean, it's just, I think it's so, so important. You know, I think artists, you know, poets, uh, people like that, like creative people are the people that really a healthy society needs to, uh, inform itself of its own uh, beingness or its own, you know, reality. Like what, what should we care about? What should we think about? You know, these sorts of things. And, you know, artists can do that and there's nothing better than, you know, a beautiful piece of art, like the one that I'm seeing here. And if, and I'll post the link here, but she has amazing art and an Etsy store and it's just really striking and brilliant. And, um, and yeah, and it's this, just this level of communication that happens without words and without language. And it's, tell me if you agree with this, like I, you know, I was talking with a friend and we were saying like, you know, sometimes we're, I think we were talking about mushrooms and, and we was like, yeah, it's like, you know, when you get to that space and we we're talking about heroic doses of mushrooms, like five grams and stuff. And it's like, when you get into, you need like break through and you're in this like plane, there's this sort of, there can be this like calming sense of like remembering 
Like it doesn't feel as alien and as like otherworldly. It doesn't feel like there's a separation. It feels like, oh yeah, I've been here before and everything's okay. Have you felt that or do you agree with that? Always, always feel that. Always, always, always. Um, With my DMT experiences, it was a lot more uh, intense uh, and I feel that's where I get a lot of my out there art. It's just high dose mushroom experiences to me are just DMT experiences. Mm. And uh, I've taken um, DMT before I really researched mushrooms. Like it was always very low doses, you know, at festivals and stuff like that. Right. Just not really taking uh, any reverence you know not having any like understanding of how sacred these tools are (laughs) and once i really um started taking the dmt i i started thinking in a different way my my brain changed the neuroplasticity within my brain changed and i remember feeling the brain rewiring in my sleep state yeah, yeah, that's I feel the same way and I remember I think it was Amber Lyon who uh was on Joe Rogan's show and she was talking about her ayahuasca experiences and she was talking about how there was these little doctors or as the ayahuasqueros call them doctorcitos and they were like coming in to her brain and her heart and doing like little surgeries and repairing things and reconnecting the brain and and you know making it sort of whole again and i i definitely i experienced that in an ayahuasca ceremony something similar to that and uh you know the science is out there too now that there's all this great research that's being done that is showing that this is this is the case you know that it that it is a, a healing medicine that can help make new neural pathways and connect to the areas of the brain and and heal things and so yeah, I mean that's that's just that's just like that's awesome. When you when you when you find out about this and then you start exploring and doing research and then doing it in a proper way, you know, and then it, and then it makes you go, "Oh, I wonder why this is like illegal." You know, like, "Oh, I wonder why pe- I wonder why like, you know, the powers that be like don't want people to have this information." It's like, "Oh, okay, because we find out that we have everything that we've ever needed. It's right in front of us and we can all heal and we can all heal ourselves and, and, you know, access higher levels. And, uh, obviously that's not good for the status quo. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's why there's prohibition on psychedelics. Can you imagine it's, it's complete mind control. They're controlling our minds with, you know, how we're born. We're from the, from the moment we're born, we're in institutions and our mind is controlled to be in this fear-based vibration and the moment you take psychedelics like i remember breaking free from the fear like for the first time thinking wow i don't have to feel this i don't have to feel this and i i i I remember thinking this is why it's evil it's a perception they're, they're manipulating your perception about you, about the world, about your experience, of who you are, who you actually are. You know, when I popped out of my body and like you said, you have this remembrance of what your true soul essence is. And, and I wasn't 
this girl in, in or woman in 3D form. I was spirit. <laughs> I was this spirit that was bigger than than the universe. I was the universe. You know, when you have that experience and then you come back to reality, you come back to baseline, uh, the first thing I could do was paint. You know, uh, the first thing I, I wanted to do was paint and to express what I had seen because I had never seen anything like it before. And yeah. that's my obsession with geometry. Like I always see geometry everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I like the psychedelic artists. We're all using the same geometries just in different ways. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause everybody sees the same thing because there's something, there's something there. And like, if you look at all these like lost ancient civilizations and tribes and stuff, like, you know, their, their storytelling, their symbol making, their myth making, all, you know, if it's at this deeper, profound level, it's there. You see that. You see the geometry. You see those things. You see the symbols that they're using to inform the the, the tribe and the, and the civilization of its purpose, almost, you know. And, and a lot of that stuff gets hidden, not talked about. You know, you don't definitely don't learn about that in fourth grade social studies class or anything. And yeah, and once you once you discover this, it's like, okay, cool. Like there's there's like a key here, there's a lesson, there's a way forward, and you gotta share it. You know, start a YouTube channel, start a blog, start a podcast, you know, start something and start sharing these experiences and then finding other people. And and you know, that's what kind of like br is starting to like bring it back a little bit, you know. And and you're right, it, it is this it, it's it's this deep, real sort of cosmic thing. And when I after one of my first time having uh, doing ayahuasca ceremonies, I just felt like I need to I need to paint, like I need to draw. And I'm a, I'm an okay artist. I, I used to do a lot of art when I was younger, and then I kind of stopped. But I still have some of the basic skills, and so I just was allowing myself to express like what I had saw in uh, a painting style, in a in a way of expressing it in art. And then I had this great LSD experience where I was in this black void and I saw all of these colorful people and everybody was waving and they were waving a color, like a unique color. And it was, they were like doing the wave, like at like a sports event. And they were like encouraging me to like come in and join. And I was like floating towards them. I'm like, what do we, you know, I asked, like, I was like, what are we doing here? And they're like, we're just waving, just wave your color, like just wave your color and just join the party. And I was like, holy shit, this word, like this phrase came into my mind of just infinite creation. I was like, everything yeah. is just infinitely being created, created and then destroyed and then created again. And it's just this cycle of infinite creation. <laughs> I could totally vibe with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, I, I feel like that's, that's why, and like, what, that's why I, I encourage people to start, even the people that hate my work, that hate my YouTube stuff, I encourage them to do better than me and start creating and do what you want to see in the world. Because the reason why I started my YouTube channel was because I didn't see anybody doing any videos the way I do them, you know? And that's why I encourage everyone to just start doing, start creating, start living through beauty and art and share, you know? Like that's, that's what I want to see more of. I, I want to be able to tune in to more stuff like this versus like whatever's on like the top 
uh, what is that? The trending page on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And like stuff like that, because it's like, that's not what I'm here for. You know what I mean? I'm here for, uh, experiences like ours and just, um, consuming content as well. Like I consume content as well and I want more psychedelic content out there. You know, I want more people to start expressing and sharing, uh, because then there's more for me to listen to. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, t I totally dig what you're saying because like when I came across you, I was like, Oh, awesome. This is something that's like really cool, really unique. And I think oftentimes in the, the right now, the, the psychedelic scene that you hear about the most in like the mainstream is, you know, a lot of these psychedelic conferences and like studies and research and it's a lot of therapists and PhDs and people like that. And it's, you know, that's good and everything. And that's kind of moving the conversation forward. And it's, it's great that that's happening. And then you have just other people that are just sharing and creating in their own unique ways. And it's like, you know, these people deserve like a voice as well. In my opinion, you know, it's like, that's, that's the whole point is not necessarily to be solely focused on like, well, you know, the, the molecules of the brain and the molecules of DMT, it's like, yeah, that's cool too. That's important. That serves a purpose, but so does other people's experiences and their artwork and their sharing and the, the projects that they're doing, because, you know, that's, that's really what it's all about. I mean, it's all about that. It's all about your journey and your experience and, you know, my journey and my experience. And then coming together and then you know sharing that with other people who are listening to this and they're like oh i'm you know get inspired go like you said go and do and create your own thing because you know why because like that thing doesn't exist yet even if you think oh yeah like it kind of does and i don't know i'm not really sure and like i'm afraid people will judge me right it's like no just go and just like sing the song that you've been assigned to sing from your birth, you know, and like play that, play that instrument, do that thing because it doesn't exist. Like you, you don't exist in other places. Like you're here, like this is your, your thing and it's unique. And so I'm glad that you started it. I'm glad you came on the podcast to talk about it. And, uh, and yeah, and I hope other people follow that, uh, follow that message that you shared as well that I agree with. Yeah, I, I find that like as a culture, we do like to intellectualize things and we like to, you know, but that, that space has nothing to do with your, <laughs> your, you know, your intelligent part of your mind. It's all subconscious, you know, like there's, there's no real, like it's all chaos. Um, there is, uh, to me, there is, um, some, some room for, um, schooling within this because when you do get into really deep dmt experiences it's all about science it's all about quantum physics wow can you can you, you explain can you explain that further like that's that sounds really interesting well um my my all of my dmt experiences were basically and i feel like when terence mckenna was talking about this uh, he didn't have the right language or connections for certain things, which we all don't because it, this is just so out there. But when he, he talks about the little balls going or like, you know, the bouncy balls yeah. that go within you, those are basically, that's you on a subatomic level. Those are particles vibrating and going within you. You have that experience to know this is what I'm made out of. 
So that's what I experienced. My first DMT experience was it was basically seeing myself on a subatomic level. I was seeing myself within superpositions. It was talk. It was teaching me about how frequency vibration works. So um, that to me is why. Well, everybody asks why I named myself Quantum Kitty. Well, because all of my experiences had to do with physics with DMT. Most of them. Yeah, and so do you, do you feel like that you're able to understand? Like you're able to understand that on on like a real experiential level. Uh, it, does that translate into like I don't know, like like an academic level? Like is that something that could be like translated, or do you think that that's just something that's like for you and for your understanding? You know what I mean? Um, I well, here's the thing. Uh, I feel that everybody basically can get what they understand from a situation. So it can translate academically. Yeah. Um, you can start learning about, I mean, you just become, you're, you just become interested in things. Like it just becomes a thing where you're like, I saw that in a psychedelic trip. I want to know more. And you just start again, researching these ideas. And it comes from like, I think Nassim Haramein is doing excellent work. You know, he's uh, a self-taught physicist and he is doing the resonance project. And I really vibe with a lot of his work over there. What's the resonance project? He talks about basically science, physics, and um, he talks about the shapes and geometries and uh, resonance, like that's what the whole resonance project is. He's doing amazing stuff. I think in Hawaii. Okay, cool. Yeah, I have to check him out. That's that's it. that's really interesting. Yeah, that that just brings to mind like something that I saw once, and I forget where it was, but it was uh, this study where they showed. I think it was plants that they had like three plants, and like every day, someone you know, they, people said positive, loving things to one plant and then said like really negative and hateful things to another plant. And then the other plant, the third plant, they just ignored. And the one that did the worst was the one that they ignored. And then they kind of explored on like, um, you know, at, at a deeper level, you know, these kind of vibrational energetic fields and, and this sort of thing. And then there was another thing with water as well, where the emotions that people were sharing, these like negative emotions changed the the shapes, uh, the the microscopic, you know, quantum level of the water, whereas like the loving healing stuff you saw and like you looked at the water and it was like it's coming together in these like geometric like patterns and it was all beautiful. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. So we're going to start talking about water. This is great that you brought this up because what we're doing right now is we're working with the elements, you know, so a lot of the work that I do is with water. Oh, cool. <laughs> I program water. I program the water that I drink. I have sacred geometry on my glasses. <laughs> um, you can put intent in water. Uh, right before this um, podcast, actually, I had a ritual bath. So, like, you can do things like this. Um, water is a great element to work with. 
Awesome. Yeah. What are some resources that you could share? Like there, you know, you brought up, um, and I love that you brought this up because I do the same thing too, is like I learn about something or I experience something and then I do the research because that's really where you know, a God bless like the, or source bless or whatever, bless the, the time that we're living in right now, where we can hop on the internet and find anything, you know, that we want in the, in a matter of minutes. And so are there certain places like go-to places that you go to, to, to learn, or is it just kind of random wherever you were you're searching and it takes you somewhere? Um, I usually do it by, ex- like, I do my stuff by like experience. So um, once I've experienced something, I start researching and the resources that I've used, um, I love Dan Winter's work, you know, him, he talks about the Kundalini and the, the physics behind the Kundalini. Uh, I use him as a reference, uh, for a lot of, um, the science aspect of Kundalini and, and, um, what's really happening. Um, I, I love Nassim Haramein as well. Um, I use him as a re, uh, resource. Th- there are plenty of um, resources out there um, for people to just explore um, that part. But yeah, it's, it's something that I think that I understand on a subconscious level. But again, for me to inter- interpret it in like, human mouth noises it's it's just so difficult <laughs> yeah i know it, it it can be very challenging i oftentimes try and find myself to you know finding out you know having experience doing some research finding some stuff and then still finding it difficult to to put into words so just do it <laughs> just just get out there and do it that's a good message speaking of messages um i wanted to bring up you know, so your, your channel that's been going since 2016 and, you know, all the work that you've been doing, what, what would you consider to be, you know, like the most important message that you're communicating out there? We need to be kinder to each other and ourselves. We're all in this together. Just have more hope. Trust the process. Yeah. yeah. That's what I would tell people. Just don't have any fear going into this. Trust the process. Trust the process. Let go of the judgments. Love more passionately. Tell people how much you love them. Tell how much tell people how much they that you mean to them. Like that's what I got out of this process. Mm-hmm. Every interaction is just so much more heartfelt. Before it was just, you know, just doing it to just go with the, you know, go with emotions, being being social but now it's just it's so much more different i i feel this connection with everything you know even the bad even even the the thing, even the the people that you don't vibe with in that moment of not vibing with them you're learning so much about your shadow you know you're learning so much about your own demons and your own um your own bullshit really so yeah yeah, just love her um be more reflective you know just be in reflection that's why i call people reflections (laughs) everything is a piece of you so treat it that way yeah that's that's so, so important and it's like you brought up something interesting there too 
and I, I didn't say, someone said this, I forget, but it was like, whatever we don't like in someone else, it's something that we don't like in ourselves. There is that reflection. There is that like mirror being held up. And instead of, you know, retreating from that, it's like, you know, go, go into it, explore it and see, see what that's all about. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the key here. Like, I, I don't think, I don't want to think of it as like bad vibes or negative vibes or like low vibes. It's just, it's a learning experience. All vibes. <laughs> yeah. All, all vibes. Welcome. Yeah. What I, sometimes I hear that, especially if I'm, if I'm out and I'm being social and maybe I want to start talking about something a little deeper. Sometimes I hear, you know, and if I talk a lot about how we can wake up from societal trauma and conditioning and oppression and like escape the matrix and, you know, step into our true power and, this, you know, the forces that are, don't want us to do that and these sorts of things. I love exploring these realms and getting into this stuff and um, I'll talk about it sometimes with people and sometimes it's a little heavy and people will be like, Oh, like, you know, that's like bad vibes or, you know, um, you know, going negative or something. But I don't know. Do you ever experience that too? Like where, where people are kind of just like, Oh, I don't know if I want to talk about that or feel that right now or something. You know what I'm saying? There's this still this perception that, uh, this experience is all about love and light, but you only learn love and light through those dark, painful experiences. So I welcome all of it. And I have um, had people say, well, don't, don't talk about these things. But the reality of the situation is that something is controlling a whole and all of us, all of our perception, putting us in this fear based, uh, experience so if we don't talk about that like that's not having low vibes that's talking about healing we all have to heal you know what i mean like it's not like yeah there's some shitty things going on and and um the whatever you want to call them um this cabal is using subconsciously to trigger us and to manipulate uh, the way we have social interactions. And um, that's why I feel that it's so important to me now, more so now that, you know, I've attached my name to whatever work I'm doing um, to be more social because I find they, whatever they are, don't want that. They don't want us working together. They don't want us, you know, um, congregating and um, sharing ideas and empowering each other. They want us separated, you know, and, and like that's why it's a break out of that fear of of wanting to connect with other people. Because I thought, oh well, I'm supposed to be a hermit. I'm supposed to keep to myself. That's what spirit. That's what being spiritual is. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we have to break these illusions of what being spiritual is. We're deconstructing all of these illusions. Wow. Well said. Yeah. uh, Agree with you 100%. Yeah. So I just find that like, yeah, there's a lot of darkness, but we can only start seeing the light once we start ripping out all the bullshit cleansing all of the trauma cleansing all the cancers within us, you know, we're, we're, we're so, we're so stuck 
in a certain way of being. And, and I feel that we're going to have to evolve and change. And like, it's, it's going to be a difficult process. It's a difficult process. You know, no, I thought it was going to be all love and, you know, meditating on a mountain. <laughs> but that's just not my experience. You know, it's, it's been one of clearing out the pain, clearing out uh, the, the anger really, uh, towards other people and just becoming more empowering state and transmuting that energy. Everything is transmuting energy to me. Yeah. And then when you can reach that state, it's like you've acquired, you've like leveled up in the game and acquired some kind of, you know, spiritual tool to use in order to sort of navigate that that space a little bit better. And then you start to have compassion for people who maybe don't really get it or they're still stuck in that fear paradigm. And it's like, it becomes a little bit easier. You don't have to fake it and, and force it and be like, oh, I'm a spiritual person. So like, I should be like loving, but like, I really fucking hate this person. But it's like, okay, well, like, you know, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something to that. And yeah, when you you, you definitely can develop this like wider arena of compassion and care to you know towards other people that just naturally brings you to that to that state and like you don't have to yeah i i laughed when you when you said like i just have to be isolated and alone like i definitely had this like weird romantic idea of like being this you know alan watts type hermit with like a beard in the woods that just like you know espouses philosophy all day and like okay that's got that's what i got to be and it's like no you know you don't have to be that there's other ways and there's other people out there and, you know, that you can kind of just be what you are in truth. And that resonates. That resonates more than anything else. You know, if you're being authentic and genuine and truthful, that comes through and people get that. And I think that's the most important part. Like, just, just have the experience for what it is and don't attach yourself. Don't, like for me, the moment I become like, oh, this is me. You know, I'm the psychonaut. I'm the DMT girl. Like, I realize that that's just me feeding into the illusion. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, absolutely. There, there's just only healing. And like you said, you once you become, once you have that spiritual tool, and once you've gained that level up, you do have compassion for the people that you see that are just sprouting anger and they're just like, well, I'm more woke than you and all of this stuff. And you're like, <laughs> I get it. It's okay. You're hurt. We're all traumatized. This sucks sometimes, you know? And I remember being in those places, like in those head spaces and you just, you just want to give them a hug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like someone on this podcast, uh, Eric Godsey, shout out to Eric Godsey, said uh, something great that stuck with me. And he said that, you know, be the person that you wish that you had when you were going through that time. And it's like, yeah, if I can be the person that I wish that I had when I was going through that, like, you know, when I was in, in the fear and, in, and all that stuff, if I had someone that was like, and I did. I did. I had a couple of people that were like compassionate and like, okay, it's just allow it to be. Everything's going to be okay. You know, and that came with like some ayahuasca work and some, uh, 
healers around that space. And it's like, all right, cool. This is good because you know you're in the hands of somebody that that gets it and they're there with like true, genuine compassion and openness. And that's such a relief, you know? So, and if you can provide that to somebody else, that's, you know, you're passing the, the buck forward. You're passing it on or whatever. And I've, I've also had experiences where I was just in such a low state and somebody just lifted me up. And like, that's, that's true enlightenment. That's what spiritual people do. They don't judge. They don't make somebody feel bad. They don't, none of that. It's just, I love you, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hippie-ish, but you know, like when you see somebody that is like that's experienced that you just want to hug them like i just i just that's why i resonate with psychonauts because i know what they've seen you can't explain and you're just like what the fuck is that shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then like on the on this deep level you know you're like okay you're just me experiencing life from a different point of view so i I, you know, and if you love yourself in in truth, then it's easier to love someone else like that. That, That's the the moment that like, I found, I found my ego death happened in that moment of seeing everything as just a reflection of me. Uh, Because again, like that's a really hard thing for the ego to handle. Like, oh, I'm not the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, I'm not the most popular person at this party. What the fuck? Yeah. I know. I mean, you've mentioned you've had a lot of ego deaths, but I think I've had more ego deaths than you. So I think I've killed my ego more times. So I think I'm better. So anyway, next question. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But you know, like I, I find like within every moment is a mini ego death because I constantly remember, you know, especially with the older I get, um, the more how I, every moment I want to seize every moment. And I think that's why uh, it was so easy for me to just put it out there. At, at first, when I started, I didn't know anybody that had any of these experiences. So naturally, I felt I was the only one. Right. You know, but the more you find the others, the more. And it's, it's okay. It's not like, oh, well, I don't special anymore. It's, oh, now I know I'm part of something bigger. Yeah, it's like getting an invitation to the cosmic party. You're like, oh, cool! Like, where this is awesome. Like, there's other people out there, and yeah, it's it's such a refreshing feeling, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I love art, and that's why I I um express myself in art because I find um that that's that's probably the only way you can actually capture uh, the psychedelic experience. <laughs> I, yeah. I tried to do it, um, and, and 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 music as well. Um, music and, and sound, sound healing. Um, there's, I, I know there's crystal singing bowls, and like there's so many amazing tools out there. Um, and I find that like a lot of us that are waking up, the ones that are waking up are healers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's you know I- definitely I I agree and I, I feel like if you're going to walk this path, you kind of have to know that and accept that that you're 
I don't want to say the word like not like chosen, but like maybe you chose this like in your incarnation or whatever. It's like some kind of thing that it's like, okay, like for whatever reason, you're a representative here now. I think Terrence used to say this actually, like you're a a representative of like the cosmic order or something. It, It is it is very interesting because like in nature you know, everything in nature kind of works harmoniously together. You know, the the rainforest, the the trees growing, the plants, the insects that are, you know, fertilizing the flowers and getting, you know, this this beautiful dance of, you know, creating and destroying and creating and destroying. And it's like this, this harmony that comes into, that brings everything into balance. And like, for some weird reason, we had this stupid egoic idea that we're above that. We're not a part of nature. But we're totally a part of nature. And like as being a part of nature, the human nature in itself, I feel, needs to correct the imbalance. So it's like waking people up. It's like, hey, like get involved, like do this thing, like show the others. And that will hopefully help, you know, tip the scales to a more balanced, harmonized version of living. That's that's what I think. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I I always encourage to get get on it like stop stop feeling weak don't feel weak like that's how I felt that's how I felt for a very long time I was afraid to put myself out there I was afraid of what people would say but you know what three years later and thousands of YouTube comments later uh, I just don't care anymore (laughs) it's just become that much easier you build this thick skin so you're just like okay it's not it's not personal. You don't take it personally anymore because right. it's not really about you anymore. So you're just like, okay, if somebody calls me batshit crazy, if somebody you know, is like talking shit to me, like it's fine, whatever. At least this content is out there. So maybe in a few years' time, it'll be a resource to them. They'll finally get it. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And, and it's so important that we can like digitize this in this virtual landscape where it lives and we can share it with each other because in a way, you know, like we, we brought up Terrence McKenna and there's other people out there that are no longer with us, but they live on in their lectures and their talks and their books and people chopping up little clips and creating memes and spreading them. It's like the cat's out of the bag. Like it's, it's going, it's spreading, like it's out there. And if you're contributing to that too, now you're a part of it. You're, you've hopped on that wave. That's the most exciting part about this. Like I no longer think it like I, I was so, I was in a really, really dark place last year <laughs> and I felt like I was working all alone and like, it, it was so difficult. I get it. Like we all have to cut, we all have to work through that fear and I just came out the other side and like that's that's another important message I I want to share with other people like it gets better it's not all ego death and and your family scrutinizing you and you know society shutting you and all of the shit like it's getting better for me and if it's getting better for me it's gonna get better for all of us yes hell yes yeah, I, I I had this thought, and I want to share it. It's like when we were talking about the cabal or whoever, like the the powers that be, and you know, there's like people trying to break out of that or whatever, and you're creating your art and stuff. It's like I had this like image of like 
kids that are in a house, the adults like put the TV on and they're, you know, they put it on some shitty channel and it's boring and uninteresting and it's black and white and it just like sucks. And they're just like, all right, you sit here while the adults go in the other room and do some stuff and you kids stay in front of the TV and you watch this channel or whatever. And it's like, in a way, I feel like we've been programmed in our reality to just sit in front of some crappy channel that we don't want to participate in. And then you have someone like you who's like, no, like there's something else. Like let's create art, right? And like you create an art and you're like, let's, let's, let's go do this. And other people are like, oh, what do you mean? The adults told us to stay in front of the TV and watch this channel. And it's like, no, there's, there's something else that we can do. We have a choice. There's something better. And I just kind of, I just had this thought in my head. I thought it was kind of cool because it's like, I feel like that is kind of what's going on. It's like we're sitting in front of this program and like we don't have to participate in it just because someone told us to. Instead, we can actually create our own thing and be like, oh, cool, there's something better over here. Let's change the channel or let's, you know, go play a game or like create some art together, you know? And, and I kind of think that's a cool idea, like a cool way to look at like what's currently kind of going on right now. Yes, it is. And like, I wouldn't have started if I wasn't inspired uh, by somebody else, you know, and like, this is how this works. And it's just like, you're, you are becoming inspired, inspired. And in return, you're inspiring and like, you're being uplifted and then you're uplifting somebody else. Um, and that's why I feel like as a community, like we need one another, <laughs> we need to remember that it's okay. You know, to, like I, um, I, I recently reached out to a friend and I was like, how are you? And he's just like, I'm okay. And I'm like, you haven't been doing any videos. Like, are you okay? He's like, I'm okay. Mina, I like being in the abyss. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm that person that jumps into the abyss and tells you, I love you and miss you. <laughs> yeah, I have, I'm here for you. I have some snacks. I can bring you up top. It's sunny out there, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, like that's that's what we need. That that's the type of vibe we need. Like it's okay to need one another. It's okay to collaborate. It's okay to need somebody occasionally, you know, because like again, that's showing compassion. That's like if anything, doing podcasts really taught me how to be a better friend. You know, like I I was so social before, and then I had this experience that questioned who I was. And then I had to relearn everything. I had to relearn how to be social. I had to relearn how to not be awkward, you know? So I find that it's up to me. That's my task. That's my work that I have to do when I'm feeling um, like I don't fit in at a, a music festival, you know, because like we have, have these feelings sometimes, you know, I feel that is a resistance to change. Mm. Yeah. Whenever I'm resisting or I'm feeling like, oh, well, I just don't fit in. No, Samina, or no, you, the, the person that's listening, you just don't work you don't want to learn from the situation you do want to feel like whenever I used to feel that way like I, I can't talk to anybody learn to vibe on a very human level and want to hear somebody's experience yeah and th that's yeah totally and there's um I forget uh I think the guy's name is Derek Sivers and he was talking about this thing called like the first 
Um, the first, like basically the point of it is like he, I think he gave a Ted talk and he was like showing, you know, this guy at like a music festival and he was just dancing and being all freaky and just letting his freak flag fly and just like, Hey, I'm just going to move and groove however I want. And it's like, that could be kind of scary for some people to just really open up and like, be that thing, be the thing that you are and do the thing that feels right. And this guy, he was showing this video of this guy who was doing it. And all of a sudden one person st- like saw that and joined in. And as soon as that other person like latched onto that vibrational frequency that it like created a larger like magnetic field for other people to say, it's okay, come and join us. And then a third person came and then a fourth person came. And then it was like 30 people all just dancing and grooving and jiving and like moving however they wanted to. And it was just like this moment of pure bliss and fun, but it requires that first action of that, that person to combat their fear and say, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care what other people think. I don't care if I look silly. I'm just going to do this thing. And then when you do it, that's, that elevates the, the waves around you and, and magnetizes people to come in. And then more people come in and more people come in. That's how movements grow. Yeah, for me as well, I find that there's this self-restriction that I have sometimes uh, that, again, like you have to move out of your comfort zone. Anything that feels like, oh, no, I don't want to touch that. I don't want to do that. Um, Every time that I, I feel a resistance to something, like every single time that I feel like I don't want to touch that thought or I don't want to do that thing. It's a very self-limiting belief. And I just have to do everything that feels comforting, everything that I'm used to, I try to do the exact opposite. And that's where I find the real growth happens. Like whenever I feel like, oh, like I, I can't do that. I push myself to do that. Like one thing that's been very difficult for me is putting myself out there which I know a lot of people have that um, thing that that's, that's something that's stopping them. And the more I, I realize that I'm like, Oh wow, Samina, you're not making as many videos as you can, or you're not doing as much as you can because you're limiting yourself. You know, like you're not putting yourself out there because you're scared and it's all you at the end of the day. So um, again, like anything that makes you feel like I can't evaluate that a little bit more, look deeper into that. Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. great. That's great advice. That's amazing. That's amazing advice. Cause that's, that's when you encounter that resistance, that's like this universal, you know, energetic wave of just saying like, okay, can you rise to the challenge? Like, will you, do you want to, do you really want to? And if you can push yourself to do that, then you find out all of a sudden things start opening up and you're like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. Like I've, 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 I've entered into the right tune here. I'm, I'm in harmony with this thing. And then things start happening and it's just like, okay, cool. Like it's moving, it's, it's going, you know, when you can do that. Um, and that's a big thing. That's a huge thing. That's, it's not, and it's not easy to do. And it's like, who is the you that's convincing you to go forward? You know, (laughs) who's the, who's the one that's operating this meat vehicle, you know? And like, that's, that's, that's why, like, whenever, whenever I tell people, you know, like everybody's just like, wow, this is a weird channel. Why do you have stuff? Like, 
there there are videos from like when I first started where I just cringe and I'm like, oh man, why do I keep it up? But I keep it up to show the progress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I feel the same way. Yeah, and to show like, you know, like this is how you start and and I'm okay with looking like a complete fool because like this is where it starts. Yeah. Yeah, this is it's yeah. we're all we're all human, we're all the same and you know, we're 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 not perfect, we're flawed and you know, you don't get that message if you're tuned into the mainstream frequency. It's like all polished and everything's edited and cut down and like you know, made sure that it's like absolutely, quote unquote, you know, perfect, like whatever the version of perfect is they're going for. But, you know, that's beautiful that you you have that out there. And I, I have my stuff out there, too, that I have old stuff that I'm horrified of and things that I don't even <laughs> like stuff that I don't even believe anymore that I'm like, I can't believe I even said that. But exactly what you said, I leave it out there to show like the the progression and to show, you know, that I'm a human being and that, you know, we're fluid, that we can change and that we're capable of change. You know, I think and that's it, super important. Isn't it a beautiful thing to see? Like, yeah. that's, that's when I see somebody growing like that, growing mentally, growing emotionally, um, breaking out of you know, the belief systems that we once had and just looking at things from such a different perspective, like that's the growth that I wanted to see, you know, like that's, that's what to me being authentic really is. Um, it's just showing all sides of you because if it's one thing that doing YouTube and Instagram and everything has taught me is I project an image and I project one side of me. And the difficult part is trying to let go of, you know, oh, well, I want somebody to, to see me in one light, you know? So uh, being vulnerable, you know, like I love seeing people that are vulnerable. I, I love seeing people that are willing to change. That to me is more than, oh, I'm a good person, you know? Mm. The growth. Yeah. But I love seeing people that were really shitty and then them becoming the most loving people. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Hi, I'm Mike. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, I've I've definitely been there myself and I, I there's great value to coming out on the other side and then seeing your past self and how you were and what you believed and what you did and then, okay, cool. Like I can take that and and apply that to what I'm doing now and learn from it and then also share that and open up about it because you know there's people out there that are going through the same thing and so it's like yeah that's that's your that's your service that's that's like you know a good a good thing to do is to do that and you know it's like at the end of the day when you when you realize like yeah we're all human we're all flawed we're all the same like we're all just uh, the, each other living different lives experiencing consciousness subjectively from different perceptions and you know to be vulnerable to, to open up it's like just you know walk walk into that party with your mask off and just take it off and and join join everyone else and you'll see what what can unfold after that it's it's some magical stuff and when you are able to have compassion for yourself in those moments, you are showing compassion to others that are in that moment in that time. So that past you, you having compassion for the past you is having for people 
having compassion for people in that very moment. Yes. Yeah. So, so important and necessary. So yeah, do that. <laughs> well, this has been, this has been awesome, really. I mean, I, I, I loved uh, that we were able to connect and, and to talk and to sh share all this stuff. And, you know, I'm glad that I discovered uh, your channel and everything. I, I was going to ask you like some, you know, like, oh, tell me a DMT story or something like that. But I think, you know what, I think I'm going to save that for, you know, telling people to just go to your channel and, 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 and watch because you have tons of videos out there um, that, are, that explore all different kinds of areas of, of things. Like you mentioned lucid dreaming and astral projection and DMT and just like all, you know, alien contact and uh, just all this great stuff, all these things that people are interested in, ego deaths. And I think it's, yeah, it's really great. And information about how to use your third eye. And so there's so much, there's such a wealth of, of information and such a wealth of uh, experience sharing on here that I think people can get a lot of value from. So go and, and check out Quantum Kitty on YouTube and uh, Instagram, anywhere else where you know, want to do some plugs and tell people where they can find you and follow you? I basically use Instagram and uh, YouTube. Those are my two outlets that I have the time for. I've been trying to use other platforms, but, you know, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> um, and I, I, I like using those two platforms. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So it's Quantum Kitty on YouTube and then Quantum Kitty on Instagram, but with a K, not a Q, right? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, Samina, thank you so much for, for taking the time to be on Mikeadelic and, and talking with me. Till next time, folks. Peace. Hope you guys like these podcasts and enjoy them. And if you do, please spread the podcast, share it, tell a neighbor, tell a coworker, tell a friend, tell a cat, tell a mouse, tell a dog, tell an ant, tell a firefly, tell whoever you tell, share it, spread it, like it, all that good stuff. If you if you really love the show, you want to go a step further, you really want to help us out, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts um, and go to patreon.com, patreon slash Mike Brank and um, patreon.com slash Mike Brank. And you can donate as little as a dollar a month, $2 a month, whatever you want. Help support the show that way as well. But remember, I love you guys no matter what you do. I just love that you tune in and you enjoy these podcasts. Message me. I like hearing feedback. Get in touch with me on Instagram. 
Mike Adelic Podcast, Mike Brank on Facebook as well. And um, thanks to our sponsors, Synchro and Hemp Bombs. If you want a discount on keto, genic, and plant-based nutrition products, go to Synchro and type in the code uh, Mike Adelic at checkout to get 20% off. And they have amazing ketogenic chocolate fudge called Keto Mana that I have all the time because it's it has like no sugar and carbs in it. So it's great. And, um, and it's delicious. And if you want CBD, uh, go to hempbombs.com and get 15% off all your CBD needs, I guess. And uh, just enter the code Mike15 at checkout. But thank you once again to everybody. Thanks to Danny Barnett and Galaxia for the music, the intro and the outro. I love you all. Peace.